We are back for another edition of the SQ Sports Podcast. We are in mid-playoff swing. Uh, a lot to talk about. I'm here with Q, as always. Q, how are we doing? Good, man. How about you? Um, obviously, we are in the second round of the playoffs. Most teams have played two games. Nuggets, Spurs, to, or Nuggets, Blazers tonight, uh, game two. Um, I guess we can just start with your, your 76ers big win on the road in Toronto on Monday, 94-89. Uh, Jimmy Butler went off for 30-10-5, and and I think this is what Philly fans were expecting with Butler. Um, obviously, he was a presence in the regular season, uh, but he's been known to take over come playoff time. Uh, what are your big takeaways from that game? I know it's a huge win. You really needed that one, um, at least to steal one on the road. Yeah, that was pretty big. I'm honestly pretty surprised they held on because they were oh, – I think they were 0 for 11 in the third quarter from three. And then I think they only made one in the fourth quarter because um, they blew like an 18-point lead in the first half. Yeah, I, I was pretty happy. I thought the defense was really good. I mean, I know the Raptors missed a lot of open shots, especially the Danny Green three at the end after the weird play with Lowry um, when he tried to like go through Harris's legs. That was really weird. But anyway um, – but I thought the switches that they made from game one were really good. Like, they they were putting Tobias Harris on Marcus Gasol in the pick-and-pops, which is really important because Embiid's just not great at defending pick-and-pops. Um, and Gasol was killing him in the first game. So they put uh, Embiid on Siakam, and Siakam obviously struggled a lot. I mean, he still had, I think, 20 points. Um, but he took a lot more shots, and he wasn't nearly as efficient as game one. And I thought Harris did a pretty good job on Gasol. And obviously Kawhi, like, he's going to go off every game because he's Kawhi. I mean, he's, like, what, a top four player probably. And in the playoffs, he's always been amazing. But I thought Simmons did a pretty good job just making life a little bit harder for him, at least. Like, he was really working for shots where in game one he was just making, like, every – all his shots were, like, just open mid-range shots. Um, and then offensively, pretty much everyone had a bad game other than Jimmy. Um, Jimmy was amazing because game – like, he's – Usually when he has, like, a big scoring game, when he's the only one scoring, the team doesn't play well because it's just usually he has – like, whenever he goes into that mode, it's because everyone else is um, playing really poorly. But, I mean, it worked the other night. He was really aggressive shooting, which he never is. And that's, like, my main gripe with him because he's such a confident player, which is so it's weird that he doesn't, like – he passes up a lot of open shots. Yeah. Um, but I thought it was really good the way he was just super aggressive, um, taking to the basket and shooting threes. And I think he was four of 10 from three. Yeah, he was four of 10 from three. Um, had a number of and ones. He was passing. He was just doing everything. So I thought that was really promising. But for the series, I'm still not sure how confident I am. Um, yeah. Because the game one was really bad. And they played us really well during the season, although they hadn't played us since the um, Tobias trade. I think the last game before the Tobias trade was against the Raptors. And, yeah. Um, I'll keep going. <coughs> um. So I'm more confident. Like, I honestly thought they could have been swept. After, game, after watching game one, it was just really disheartening just watching them. Yeah. Um, but, no, I like the way they came out in game two. Ennis was really big. Ennis has been up and down since he got here. And, obviously, Embiid hasn't looked all the way right in the playoffs. I mean, he had that one really great game against the Nets. But that was off, like, five days of rest um, because he missed game three of that series. But, overall, he hasn't looked, like, amazing. And... Obviously, he had that big play at the end of game two, the spin layup on Gasol. Um, but, I, I mean, they're going to need him to start, you know, scoring at least 20 a game. And, um, so, I'm ha- I'm happy. obviously, I'm happy with the win, but I'm still not completely confident um, that they can win the series. So, I'm a little okay. bit more confident, but not all the way there. 
Yeah, I mean, definitely stealing one on the road is huge. And I would say in the fashion that you did it, yeah, uh, you blew the big lead, um, you being the Sixers. But winning when Embiid takes seven shots, 12 points, and Simmons only had, what, like five points, <clears throat> six points, uh, I think that's huge to steal a win like that. Um, and on, on the other side of the ball, I think Kawhi is going to be Kawhi. I mean, he's averaging 31 points this playoff, 57% from the field, 46 from downtown. If you can just limit everyone else, I think it's your best best bet. And that's kind of what happened um, in game two. Uh, it, guys of not named Kawhi Leonard, Pascal Siakam, and Kyle Lowry went four for 25 for the Raptors. And obviously, you hit on Siakam. Um, he was nine for 25, really inefficient. Uh, so I think, yeah, I think that's the key to success. You got to let Kawhi, I mean, Kawhi's averaging 40 this series. He's going to get his own. He, he, he looks like a, I don't know, he's looking like vintage Kawhi. Like his mid-range game is. It's ridiculous. On, the shots yeah. he makes are ridiculous. Yeah, it's getting on the level of KD where he, it's, it's just unguardable. And, and he's so consistent in making that like 16-footer. Uh, but yeah, I, I mean, I think, I mean, Getting Mike Scott, I don't think anyone would say this, but getting Mike Scott back I think would be a big help. Uh, he played well in the first round. Um, and, yeah, going back 1-1, you really can't you really can't be too mad about that. You have a home court advantage now, basically. You've been out at home, and, and uh, you're going to win the series. Um, yeah, it seems like uh, Scott's – I think he'll come back. I know he practiced today. Uh, I'd expect him to play game three. And I know Same. Monroe got hurt. Monroe's actually – he was great the other night. Um, he played 12 minutes. He had 10 points and five rebounds. He just kind of held it down when Embiid was sitting. Yeah, and he got hurt. Um, I think midway through the or toward the end of the third quarter, so they had to go to Bolden Amir Johnson, who actually also played pretty well. Um, and Boban only played one minute because he just can't play versus Raptors because of the the way their bigs can shoot. Uh, but yeah, Mike Scott would be huge. He was really just like a really underrated pickup uh, for the Sixers. Yeah, honestly. agreed. Shot 40 from three when he was here uh, when he was playing. He had a lot of tough shots. He's a pretty versatile defender, which they really needed. And um, I think we're really seeing how much the Raptors miss Ananobi. A lot of people for like just kind of yeah, haven't really mentioned that he's been out. But he's probably – he's like honestly behind uh, Kawhi and Danny Green. He's probably their best uh, wing defender. I know oh, his shot wasn't as good this year, but defensively he's just kind of – he's like kind of like a, a young Kawhi, at least on defense, like the way Kawhi was his first couple years. Yeah. And they've really missed him, and Powell has not played well at all. And um, Powell and Van Fleet have really struggled, and Ibaka hasn't done anything um, through the first two games. I mean, he only had two points. He was a minus 12 in 13 minutes. So, yeah, they really, they're really missing that depth because, like, their whole thing was depth throughout the season. Yep, yep. But then it's, since the playoffs started, it's really just been their starting five has been amazing, and then everybody else has kind of just, like, not been great. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, you're looking at it right now in game two. They're starting five. All of them played over 30 minutes. And then they had three guys on the bench playing the teens, and that was it. Um, and like I was hitting on earlier, the, Ra- the Raptors need that bench production. Like, it doesn't matter if Kawhi scores 50. You can't have uh, the other cast of characters going four for 25 from the field, um, which I don't think will happen. I mean, Fred Van Fleet, Norman Powell, like, they're capable, capable players, capable scorers. So I don't think that will happen again. Um, and honestly, I, this series, I mean, at least through two games, has been, like, fairly low scoring. Um, I thought these games were going to be like in like the like 115 area and 115. Uh, I guess you can attribute that to poor shooting, but I think 
part of the reason that the shooting has been so poor is, is the defense on both sides of the ball. So um, kind of turning into something I really didn't see. But uh, you got anything else on this series going forward? Um, I know what, game three is Thursday night? Yeah, tomorrow night. Tomorrow night, Thursday night. Um, I mean, I, th- I think if you go back to Toronto game five, two, two, you should still be feeling not confident, but pretty good. Yeah, um, I, de- I definitely, I definitely would be happy with split. Um, yeah. I think I don't like how many turnovers Simmons had four turnovers. That obviously isn't like great, but it's not beginning of the season. I think his first two games against the Raptors, he had like 18 turnovers. Uh, in this really? two, Kawhi was just murder. Like it was, it was ridiculous. Um, what Kawhi was doing to me. I thought he's done a pretty good job outside of his scoring. I thought game one, he was the only player that played well other than I guess Redick. Um, yeah, Redick was going off. Harris started out well and then he fell apart and B just didn't have a good game. And then Butler kind of never really got going. Um, yeah. but if you can just like really focus on his defense, his defense is really what makes his potential like so high because a lot of people questioned it coming out of, um, coming out of college because it seemed like he never really gave that much effort and um, which sometimes I think is a problem with him. But when he's locked in on defense, like he can really be like that versatile one guy who can defend one through four. Yeah. And like I said, he was really giving uh, Kawhi – I mean, Kawhi still at 35, but he was just like making him work a lot more. Which yeah, really making him work for And I think Harris really needs to get going. Um, his rebounding was really – like Harris's rebounding is really underrated and that's like kind of the only thing he did well the other night. But um, they really need to get his shot going because once he started clicking in the net series is when it, the series just completely changed. Um, that game three, I think he, had, like, he was like seven to seven from three. And yeah, I expect like Butler probably not to sh- – maybe hopefully they don't need Butler to shoot as much again. I mean, he played 43 minutes, which – I mean, in the playoffs, usually your guys are playing 40-plus minutes, but still um, you'd like to find a way to not make him do all the work. But, yeah, overall, um, I'd still pro- – like – if I'm being completely unbiased, I'd still probably take the Raptors, but I think it's the adjustments Sixers made to make him confident that it can go like six or seven. Yeah, I would probably say Raptors in seven. Um, I think if you do get a game seven in Toronto, that's going to be a, a tough one to win. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and on uh, uh, Greg Monroe and Mike Scott, um, uh, the ESPN Philly guy, I don't even, I've never heard of this guy's name. It's like Tim Bontemps. You know oh, yeah. yeah, he works for ESPN. Yeah, he said uh, Greg Monroe and Mike Scott both participated in practice. Uh, Mike Scott said, as for playing tomorrow, we'll see. Um, So that's still up in the air. Uh, But, yeah, and and one final note, the two trades to get uh, Tobias and Jimmy Butler, I think they're huge because if Joel Embiid is putting up 12 points like last year in the playoffs, Sixers are losing by 20. Mm and now they have other guys uh, that can go out and, and get you a 30-piece and win you games, um, and it's not just Embiid. Uh, but, but I do think if the Sixers want to win this series, Embiid, one, he can't be taking seven shots. Uh, even just off, off number, even if he hit five of his seven shots, like he's still only scoring like 15 points. I, I need Embiid being like a, a volume scorer, at least like 15 shots a game. Do you, what, what do you think that was? Because I – I didn't catch all the game, but he did play 32 minutes, only seven shots. Was it just Jimmy was in the zone, or, or what was that? Um, yeah, it was mostly – they were, like, really – they were double-teaming him, like, almost every time in the post. Like, if you saw that play okay. – Yeah, had, yeah, that clip, yeah. Where he had, like, that crazy pass out of the double. Yeah. Like, usually it's a turnover. But that play was – I mean, it was a great pass. But yeah, it was a good pass. Because he had six turnovers. 
And he was like, I mean, he was ill and his knee still, I think the knee issue is like a little overblown. It's not like, I mean, that one game versus Nets, he had like 35 points um, in like 25 minutes. So I think it's not like that big of an issue for him, but the illness definitely, like you saw the video from coughing. That was really, it was, yeah, not, yeah. Um, so I think, I don't know, but he's kind of had an issue getting to the line in the playoffs. I think he's only aver- like only averaging eight, which obviously is still a lot, but during the season he was at like 11. And when he can like just continuously get to the line and get his opponents in foul trouble, that's when he's like really deadly. Cause then yeah. um, once he gets to the post, they can't really be aggressive on him and he can just eat him. So we'll have to see about that. And um, yeah, that's really all I got on that series. Yeah. Uh, so we'll move on to the other series in the East Celtics bucks tied up at one going back to Boston and both games were blowouts. The Celtics obviously won game one uh, by 22 points and the bucks came back in game two winning by 21 points. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, I, I think the overreaction after game one was crazy because everyone was on the Bucks, one blowout, and like I feel like it seemed like Twitter, everyone hopped shit, which I'm not ready to do. I think the Bucks still have the best chance to come out of the East. Um, when you get like, Middleton putting up the numbers he did, because uh, you know Giannis is, is going to be a, a steady like 25-plus, but Middleton, 7 for 10 from 328 points um, in game two. That's huge. Uh, Bledsoe with 21 points, and Milwaukee was just in control the whole time. Um, and it was it was it was a game they needed. Like you can't go down. You can't go back to Boston down 0-2. So young team showed out in a game that they needed to show out in. Uh, so I think that's at least promising. Yeah, um, I still think like I mean, obviously they were they shot ridiculously well from three the other night or yeah. last night. And they're not going to stay at that level, but they're also not going to shoot as poorly as they did in game one. But I, th- I still feel like they sh- – like, I know it's their system. I know it's, like, Coach Buzz's thing is to shoot a lot of threes, but I feel like they're, like, passing up a lot of better shots. Just to have, like Bro- – yeah. like, Brooke Lopez takes deep threes. He yeah, that's weird. I don't yeah. – And, like, Bledsoe's not a great shooter. I think he was, like, two of three. Um, which I guess is not, like, insane shooting night, but it's still – and Middleton obviously was ridiculous – but I still think they could be getting some better looks. I know Middleton it can be like that guy that can hit like the tough mid range shot, or just like get his, make him make his own like open mid range shot for them. Um, I think they're really missing Brogdon, especially in game one, because um, Brogdon's really good at like attacking closeouts, um, a lot better than Middleton is. And other than Giannis, he's probably the best one on the team, and they don't really have anybody else who can do that. So. I don't know. I, honestly, I think I'm still going to take the Celtics. I feel like the Celtics just kind of turned the corner in game one, and game two they just shot really poorly. Yeah. It was just like two extremes, but I didn't think they played like that well in game one. But I think so like – The Celtics? Celtics. I, didn't, like, I thought they played really well, but I don't think they played like the best they could play. Yeah, no, I, I would agree with that. And it's just, it's just been a weird, really weird season for them. I think Hayward – I hear he didn't look great yesterday, but um, – Game one, he seen like it seemed like in the playoffs he's kind of turned turning back into what he was a couple years ago, and if he becomes that, then it's like they're they're probably the most the best team in the East, honestly. Yeah, yeah, but I mean talent, talent wise. Yeah, it's just I don't know. Tatum's been really disappointing. Uh, he's yeah, averaging four point yeah. five points through two games, and uh, I don't. It's just I don't know. He was pretty good against him last year in the first round. I know he had a couple bad games, but. I don't know, it just seems like he, he like they never really run anything for him. Like every time he scores, it's just like kind of the result of a messed up play. I don't know. Yeah, no, I agree with that. And I mean, I just saw something on Twitter 
That was uh, the 95 NBA players that had at least 100 ISO possessions this season. Tatum ranked 95th in efficiency, uh, which is pretty crazy because he's kind of – he's not known as an ISO player, but, like, he's in isolation a lot. Um, so, for him to be that, like, inefficient is pretty crazy. Um, I, I think the Celtics are almost like the Sixers in the sense that they have not so – not so many guys, but they have enough guys uh, that uh, can pick up the slack if, say, like Horford like, has an off night or whoever. Um, so, I, I, yeah, I, I think it'll be an interesting series. It'll go six or seven. Uh, yeah, I'm kind of up in the air on this one. It's, it's kind of hard to judge with uh, how like, both skewed results, um, mm-hmm. two blowouts going each way. Uh, so I think it'll be interesting in Boston. Um, but yeah, I mean, I could easily see Giannis just go in takeover mode. But yeah, he kind of figured it out because at the beginning yeah. of game two, it was looking like a lot like game one where he just couldn't get going, and they were doing like that wall thing where they just don't let him get to the rim. Um, but then he kind of started just figuring it out because um, he's that good. But I will say it's a kind of an underrated fact. Like Kyrie's had, he's not playing. Obviously, last night he didn't play well at all. But um, through six games in the playoffs, he's. Shooting well from three, but he's also only shooting 42% from the field, and he's scoring 20 points on 19 shots, which is, like, not great. Yeah, um, not good at all. Because I think a, a problem with Kyrie is, like, you see, like, now the best – like, the best, best scorers are the ones that can get to the line a lot. Like, that's just – Yep, really yeah. Um, Giannis gets to the line a ton. Durant gets to the line a lot. Harden, yeah, obviously. But he, he's never done it well. Like, he only – he's only – he hasn't shot a free throw through two games. And yeah, that's he insane. Two point eight per game in the first series, so I think because it's like he's so like he's he might be like too crafty, where he just avoids all contact on his layups because he's that good at like yeah layups. So when it, it's like he just doesn't get any calls. It's kind of like Curry, but he's not as good of a shooter as Curry to like make up for it um, in efficiency. And he was like taking a lot of those bad shots that he usually makes. So I don't know. We'll see how that goes because mm. usually he's been like a killer in the playoffs. Um, and, of course, this is his first time playing yeah, yeah. in the playoffs without LeBron. But I thought in the first round, like, I don't know, he seemed fine. But he seemed a bit off through two games. So, I don't know. We'll see. Because Bledsoe yeah. is probably, like, the best. I was thinking about, like, Bledsoe is probably the best defensive point guard he's played in the playoffs. Like, I can't really think of anyone else. Um, Cavs? Because, like, I, I looked at it. So, they played the Celtics in 2015. So, that was Isaiah Thomas. That was the first round that he's terrible on defense. Yeah, Raptors, no. Uh, the rap. I think Bledsoe is better than Lowry on defense. Was, I would say that. Oh, yeah, I would agree with that, yeah. And then, then he played Isaiah Thomas again, and then he played, like, Jeff Teague. So he's never really played, like – and Curry's not a great defensive point guard. He's yeah. just okay. And Bledsoe's, like, the perfect person to put against him because he's, like – he's not, like, too big where he can't stay in front of him, but he's, like, super bulky. Yeah, he's stocky. So he can like he can just like bump him around a little bit and throw him off. So I don't know. It'll be interesting with that because Bledsoe's had a really good bounce back. Because last year it was like yeah, bad. <laughs> never really got going with the Bucks and the playoffs were terrible. But now yeah. he's kind of figured it out. So I don't know. We'll see about that. It's a weird, really weird series though. It is a weird series. And going off um, uh, your free throw note about Kyrie, I'm just looking at it in Game One. Obviously, the one the Celtics. Blew the Bucks out. Uh, Celtics only attempted eight free throws. Uh, game two, when they got blown out, they attempted 27 free throws. So just all these numbers don't really add up. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's what makes the series so interesting. Uh, yeah. But I think uh, 
I think Friday night, game three, um, between these two teams. It's going to be interesting. It's definitely going to be an interesting weekend. We'll have more clarity come Monday after four games have gone by in each series. Uh, but, yeah, any other notes on the Bucks or Celtics you want to make? Uh, I will say, even though he had, like, a shaky regular season, uh, Jalen Brown always turns up in the playoffs. In the playoffs, yep, agreed. All three years he's been in the NBA, he's been really well. Um, so that's, I guess it's a good sign for them, especially if they're trying to uh, make, like, a trade. He's probably boosted his value a little bit. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I totally agree with that. Uh, he's, he seems to always be, like, super efficient. And he – I mean, I can look this up real quick. But I, I feel like every, like, corner three he has, he makes. Um, yeah. And it's, it's weird because, what, he's a, he's a career 34% free th- uh, three-point shooter. Um, so, yeah, uh, we will move over to the Rockets-Warriors series, uh, probably the most anticipated series of the uh, conference semifinals. Uh, it's going back to Houston 2-0. Rockets dropped both games by a combined 10 points. Um, where do we want to start with this one? I mean, Kevin Durant is – I think he's the best player on the planet. He's kind of solidified that through – what eight games in the playoffs? Uh, he he he's just he's unguardable. Is, he really is. What it comes down to, um, and I, what, just not to not to go too far, but I, I think the Warriors are going to win the finals, and I think Kevin Durant's going to win Finals MVP, and then he's going to walk. So three, so he came, he won three Finals and three Finals MVPs. That'd be pretty <laughs> uh, pretty impressive. Um, yeah. But yeah, Kev, uh, KD he scored twenty three and twenty one in the first two games of the Clippers series. Since then, he's put up at least thirty, or I guess twenty nine last night. Uh, yeah, he's just gone on a tear. Uh, and when he's going on a tear, it honestly doesn't matter if like Clay's not hitting the shots or Steph has like a twenty point game, fifteen point game, because KD can put this team on his back. Yeah, and we're really seeing how much the Rockets miss Ariza, because even though like Ariza didn't have a great year this year um, with Phoenix and Washington, it's like. He was a really just – nobody's going to guard KD well. I mean, like literally no one other yeah. than maybe Kawhi Leonard. Um, but Ariza is like the perfect type of guy to throw at him. And last year he kind of made him – kind of like gave – made him like fall into – he kind of like helped the Rockets force the Warriors into like iso ball, which obviously isn't their preferred style of play. Yeah. Um, and that's why they were able to push him to the brink. So now like Daniel House was kind of – like everybody was saying um, he was going to be like kind of like that guy for them like the super versatile 3-4 combo guy, but he was only able to play five minutes. He was he was a negative 11 in five minutes. That's not, not good. good. And then they not don't really, like, who, I don't know who else they're going to – like you don't really want to have – like if you throw Tucker on him, then somebody's got to guard. Somebody's got to like stay with Draymond the whole time, and that's not easy, um, even if he's not shooting well just because of the way he's able to pass. Because, I mean, Draymond had 15, 12, and 7 last night. Um, so, yeah, it's just now the Rockets – like I could have, I was kind of starting to believe that they were like a better overall team than last year because um, once they lost a breeze, the people were kind of freaking out. But now it's like maybe they maybe they're right to freak out about that because they just have no one to guard him. Um, yeah, yeah. PJ Tucker's doing his best, but I mean, yeah, it's, it's like yeah, it's like the it's kind of like last uh, series. He just doesn't have the height. Like KD yeah. can just get his shot off whenever he wants when Tucker's yeah. on him. Um, and other than. Austin Rivers, they're getting like nothing at their bench. It's kind yeah, of, it's, been, it's honestly it's been the, the Eric Gordon and James Harden show. Uh, yeah, I mean, I know CP has been like pretty efficient. He's not shooting that much. Um, so you, I mean, I'm not knocking on him, but it's been Gordon and Harden kind of carrying 
Kane, the Rockets. Yeah, it's, um, um, what do you I think, think about uh, definitely like all it. the fouling? All the fouling. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I understand why the players are like annoyed about it, especially if you watch the tape and it's like the whole Scott Foster thing, how he might have been connected to the uh, yeah, pretty much yeah. connected to the whole referee scandal like ten years ago. But I don't think it's like I thought last night. I didn't think there was anything like egregious that was called. I think it was no, just I agree. I played him. I think game one. I, I, I don't. Know. I mean, those calls at the end. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. They're tough. I do think in game one there there were a few. Like it, it got to the point where, uh, like I, I mean, I wasn't getting mad, but I was. You can't. I know the landing. It's it's so like arbitrary, like the landing space, quote unquote. But it, it, you can't just let like that keep happening. Um, like you got to figure something out. Game two, I, I thought it was less of an issue, but in game one, like especially, not even though I'm not even talking about Harden's like last three. Um, like just down the stretch, there were so many times where he would end up on the ground, and they would show the replay, and like the guy was clearly in his landing spot. Granted, I think Harden has not helped himself over the past couple of years with like all his flopping and antics and stuff. Yeah, I think refs are are like less wanting to make that call. Um, yeah, I think I like – Because he, he, he relies on it, like, too much. Yeah, exactly. Especially considering how good he is at just, like, creating shots. Like, he shouldn't have to. But yeah. – and, and the playoffs are going to let him play more physical. That's why every year in the playoffs, like, he's still putting up amazing numbers, but it's not – it's always, like, a drop-off. Yeah. Regular season uh, average. So, that's why yeah, it's, but, like, it's hard for me to – I don't know. It's just – he's never – he hasn't really gotten going. Like, he was kind of bad for Utah. Um, yeah, yeah, he, dude, he had that, yeah, he had that one terrible game where he, yeah, he started out like oh twelve or something. Yeah, um, um, and what yeah. I will say about the the one the landing spot stuff, if you like, if you look at the replay and you break it down in slow motion, yeah, um, a lot of the times Warrior Defender is like under him, but I feel like Harden kind of getting back to the flopping, like he he kind of extends his legs out. Yeah, if you if you would just take it as normal. I think you're getting the foul, but when when refs see that, like they're they're not going to call it. So um, tough down on two to the Warriors. Not not the best look, not the easiest comeback situation. But I mean, when you got the best score, arguably the best score in the league on your team, can't really doubt it. Uh, Houston also pretty tough place to play. Um, so I, I think I think the series could get interesting. Game three is obviously huge because if the Warriors take that, it's it's uh, dead and gone. But um, I could see the Rockets making something out of this. I mean, both games were incredibly close. So yeah, yeah, they're definitely not dead in the water. Um, I mean, they always say like it's not a series until the the road team wins. So yeah, um, so, yeah. I mean, I, I I would. I mean, I'm still picking the Warriors, but I wouldn't okay. be like completely shocked if the Rockets pulled it off. I agree with that. Um, all right, so we'll move on to the final series. Uh, the second semifinal in the West, the two-seed, the Denver Nuggets, versus the three-seed Portland Trailblazers. Before I note on this, uh, so everything held chalk. Um, all, all one through four seeds uh, advanced out of the first round on both sides. I thought that was pretty interesting. I thought we'd get a little more parity, but uh, nonetheless, uh, the Trailblazers and Nuggets, Nuggets won the first game by eight. Um, Damian Lillard was doing Damian Lillard things. He had 39 points. But, man, dude, this – Jokic is is impressive. He – he being surrounded by Nuggets fans, I, I kind of like – I root against the Nuggets, but 
<laughs> but it's hard to root against Jokic. He just knows what he's doing. He's so smooth out there. Like he's definitely has one of the top IQs in the league. Yeah, it's. I mean, I, I'm still like baffled that he's become like a superstar. Like he's, uh, he's probably like a top five MVP candidate, honestly. Yeah, yeah, um, I'd agree. It's just like, and his defense has improved. I think he's still not great, but it's just you know he's not like they're not gonna play him off the floor. He can hang his own. He can hold his own. Um, yeah. It's just they're like they really master like all the off ball stuff in terms of like cutting and stuff. Like that he's always finding Harris. Like Harris is really great at making off ball cuts. Even yeah. if he hasn't falling, like he's still like we saw that um ridiculous layup. And he just they they just like figured it out how to get <laughs> open even if they're not for three. Because like they haven't shot particularly well from three. I mean they did in game one, but in game this uh against the Spurs, they didn't really shoot like particularly well, but they were able to pull it out. But um, yeah, it's just the I feel like the Nuggets just have too much depth right now. Yeah, because like the Blazers compared to the Thunder, like the Blazers were missing Nurkic, but the Thunder's depth was just non-existent, and Stephen Adams had like a terrible series. But now they actually have to go against like a superstar center, um, which Canner just can't do as well. He did play really well, at least on offense, but um, he just can't. He can't hang yeah, with Jokic. Yeah, um, yeah. It seemed like Jokic was just getting to within five feet of the rim, like with ease, uh, <laughs> which is tough. Um, and I mean, Jamal Murray was big. I'm, I'm a Jamal Murray hater. I'm not a Jamal Murray fan. Um, I think it just, I, 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 it's not like what you were saying about like the off-ball cutting and stuff. I think there's just too many times where Jamal Murray like comes down and just like dribbles it for ten seconds and then like plays isolation basketball. Yeah. I, I, and I mean, credit to him. Like he's been knocking him down this in the playoffs. Um, but I don't know. I just, I, I just, I feel like that's not what the Nuggets need. Nor do I think he's like in the position to be doing that because it's not like he's a, a Jokic where you're like a clear cut superstar. Um, and I think the Nuggets play better as a team. Like I mean, you guys, you got guys like Tory Craig. Monty Morris and Malik Beasley, who, I mean, everyone kind of wrote them off for dust, and now they're playing really meaningful minutes. And they're kind of a, a big reason why the Nuggets have been successful not only this season, but in the playoffs. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I, it, this could be me just nitpicking. I mean, Murray was 8 for 15. But I feel, I feel like there's just a little too much isolation, and it can kind of kill their offense sometimes. Um, I don't know. What do you think about Murray? Are you a Murray guy? Um, I'm like, I go back and forth on him so much. Cause like he's on the, he's, he's lucky that he has Jokic. Cause he's really not, I, I know he had eight assists. He did have eight assists and only one turnover there. And I'll give him credit, but like, he's not like a gifted playmaker and he wasn't coming out of college. Um, he was really just, he was like a, just a combo garden at Kentucky. And some nights he's like the perfect, like archetype for the future of guards, which is like kind of like a Damian Lillard type who can just pull up from anywhere. And get super hot, um, just pull off like off the pick and roll, just hit any shot. And then sometimes he just plays like so such low IQ basketball. Yeah, yeah, agree. Three, and it's just like kind of frustrating. So yeah, I'm still like indecisive on him, and they're gonna have to pay him soon. Um, which I I don't know if that's like a like they can't lose him, but if they pay him like a max, I don't know how much I would really like like that. Because they're already paying Harris, and they're going to have to make it. I guess they're probably not going to bring back. I don't know. Do you think they're going to bring on Millsap? Because they have a, he's like a thirty million dollar uh, team option. I would say no. Like, I would I say no, but like 
I don't know where else he's going to go. Like, I feel like they really want him on the team, but they don't want to pay him $30 million. Pay him $30 million, yeah. That's tough. Uh, I don't – yeah. I don't know. I mean, that, that will be a big deal because, I mean, obviously $30 million is a good chunk of the cap. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, honestly, I didn't think about that because if Denver declines it, uh, they have a good amount of money to work with, especially being right on the brink of something special. They could maybe be a player um, in free agency this offseason. I, I didn't really think about that. Um, well, and there's still the whole quarter thing. Yeah, exactly, which is huge. Which is, that's, that's like uh, what – like Jeffrey, the Eagles drafting Jeffrey Simmons, like he's going to be out the whole year, but then you got two rookies, uh, two like first rounders next year. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, going back to your, your uh, Murray, like he doesn't play smart. I was like, I, I wasn't even rooting for the Nuggets, but it just made me so mad. It was, uh, there was a minute left. I'm looking at the game right now. So uh, Jokic got a steal with 58 seconds left and he passed it to Murray in transition. They had a three on one and so they had a three and one. So one, you can go and get an easy two or two with 58 seconds left up nine, spring it out and run, run 24 off the clock. Instead, he pulled up from three, he missed it. Uh, and four seconds later, he fouled Seth Curry shooting a three. So that was, that could have been like a five point swing. Uh, Seth Curry only made one free throw pretty surprising. So it didn't really come back to bite him, but just stuff like that gets me like, Mad at Murray. Uh, just yeah, that's, what, no that's what he's got to feel. Not for no reason, but because like, because like, because like, but problem with big men, like, even, uh, some mental errors at times that don't let him achieve his true potential. I guess you could say. I mean, he he still is young. Uh, people like when I was getting on him, people were saying that he. I mean, he's 22. He just turned 22, so it feels like he's he's older because he's been in the league a while, but for only three years. But yeah, he's still young. So, um. I don't know. I've, and on the Trailblazers side, I don't know what what more you can ask from Damian Lillard. Like, and obviously can't try a huge game. You need something out of the bench. Uh, Rodney Hood had 17, which is big, but I don't know. I don't. I don't think it would be great to see Damian Lillard like keep this run going. But even if he scores 40 points a game, if you're not getting help, I don't think the Trailblazers are gonna find success, especially in this series against the Nuggets. Yeah, um, Mo, I feel like, how did Amino do? Yeah, Amino didn't do anything. <coughs> really yeah, big. one for five. He was, like, ridiculous against the Thunder. Um, he was, like, kind of playing way past his averages. Yeah, it's just, I feel like they should play Collins a little bit more. I do like Zach Collins, yeah. good. He's just, like, versatile on defense. Um, I think I think Jokic would eat him up though. I I, I don't know what the yeah, what the weight the problem. Is yeah. there. But. They just don't really have like that big body to throw at him, other than Kander. But Kander's like not. He's so he's bad. not good at defense. He's just yeah. not just like. Um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe throwing Layman a little bit. Layman, I thought Layman. Would I like Layman. Yeah. So I feel like he played a lot during the season. Um, I don't know. I guess not. But yeah, I mean, he averaged seven points a game this year. So, yeah, I mean, he's a great he's a great shooter too. Yeah, so. just I don't know. Um, uh, yeah, uh, I think the, the the Trailblazers are one of those teams that they got if they had like one more. I mean, you can't get greedy, but if they had like a really strong like wing presence score or something like that, they could be a really scary team. Yeah, I thought they were like an interesting team for uh, in when the whole Butler thing was going down. I thought maybe they could throw like I mean McCollum's been great, so I mean maybe looking back it wouldn't have been great, but like a combo of Lillard, Butler, and Nurkic would be really interesting. Yeah, I agree. Um, what 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 does McCollum? Didn't what he just? Make? 
does it didn't he just um sign a a contract he signed it, i think not last year but the year before that yeah it's four years 106 million okay and he's a free agent in 2021 so he's got two more years Okay. At 27, uh, yeah, 29. Damn. What? I mean, obviously, the, the Blazers aren't like getting o- over the hump or anything because I mean, it always feels like they are stuck in the first and second round. But So that's, that, that does make – I feel like you got to shake it up. If the Nuggets come out and win the series like 4-0 or 4-1, I think you got to shake it up because the Blazers have been doing this gag for like five years running, make the playoffs and lose in the first or second round. And – I mean, yeah, but I feel like their excuse for not doing it would just be Nurkic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel that. But I'm mean, looking at like that first round series for them was like a big moment for them. And I'm not like making yeah. fun of that because it was like amazing the way Lillard played. But um, like when they people look back at the season, you think it's swept. They're just gonna look at that series. Yeah, um, that's that's true. Uh, that is true. I, I think it's funny, not funny, but it's weird. Uh, Nurkic is in the game one. Box score, and he it says he's got a plus minus minus one. I don't know why that. Oh yeah, showing that for game two too. I'm looking at ESPN. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, um, yeah. So you got anything else on this series? I mean, we got game two tonight. Yeah, you'll probably listen if you're listening. Probably after game two, if Portland steals one in Denver, I, I mean, like yeah, that'd be big. That'd be huge. Um, whatever Damian Lillard's over under on points, I'd bet the over. He's just Insane, insane. Yeah, he's really, he's really flipped the narrative, and he's really made me look bad um, on all my takes because I was really going in on him during the season. Yeah, that, yeah. Uh, what is he? What is he averaging in the playoff? Probably, yeah, thirty-four game in, in six games. Um, yeah, I mean, he's turned into like one of the best scorers in the league. Uh, actually, I we we haven't podcasted since uh, they beat the Thunder. What do you think about the like? the whole bad shot uh, narrative. I kind of, I'm kind of on Paul George's side, but I don't I think mean, that's it was a terrible you, shot. You can't say that, but <laughs> I'm on his side that, yeah, it wasn't bad. He was like, Damien, it was like six seconds, five seconds. And he, and he was like standing at half court. I was like, what the hell is going on? Yeah, it was, yeah, Paul George, and Paul George defended it really well. It's not even like Paul George didn't play well. It was just yeah. a ridiculous shot. Um, yeah, yeah. But I mean, like, I mean, yeah, I wouldn't have said that. Like, it's just a stupid thing to say, in my opinion. But it is a fact. It's just not. Yeah, like correct. That. Yeah. But, um. Yeah, um, that, yeah. Yeah. It was. It was crazy. Um. All right. So we got anything else we want to hit on? Um. I'll obviously, say something my- about the Murray Jokic thing, like with Murray's IQ. Um. Because like a lot of discussion recently has been about how like big men, no matter how good they are, they can't like. People don't think they can be they can like win a title with them as their best player because at the end of games like you might not be able to have the ball all the time you can't like make your own shot from the perimeter which is why guys like Durant and Kawhi are like the best of the best and LeBron and like um, like Paul George and some players like that and that's why I feel like like Murray needs to a lot of people are like oh he doesn't need to worry about like having the IQ of Jokic because Jokic is a point guard but at the end of games like you kind of need Murray to make the right decision. And the example you brought up about like the three pointer that he took with 50 seconds is like a really good one, I think. Yeah, because I mean that that could have it was a nine point game, but that could have changed the game. That could have like been a drastic change if it was like a little bit closer, or if the the Trailblazers hit a couple shots and 
but yeah, obviously people people don't want to talk about stuff like that when the Nuggets do pull out the win. But I think I mean if if he does stuff, Murray does stuff like that, it could end up costing him a game or two, which could end up costing them a series. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So anything else? I mean, my my sons. Obviously, we interviewed Monty Williams, Sixers assistant, on Friday. Meeting went well. And then I know there was a second meeting. I, I don't think it was – it might have been yesterday, but all I know is the second meeting Robert uh, Sarber w- attended, so hopefully he didn't screw things up. But, I mean, Mo- Monty seems like the number one guy. So, I mean, if that's your guy, go get him. We'll, we'll see what happens with that. Yeah, I mean, they just need someone that everyone seems to like. Yeah. They really seem to like uh, Igor. And yeah, like and – and um, so, well, well, yeah, what uh, uh, what people are saying about Igor is not to go off on like a son's tangent, but people uh, like he, he just didn't like command like respect. Like the players liked him, but it was almost like kind of hard to take him seriously. Is what people is what the vibe I was getting uh, from like some beat reporters, uh, which is tough when you're a head coach. Um, and with this coaching surge, one this whoever you hire it. I mean, he's got to be there at least two seasons. We're not, we're not going to keep flipping a new coach every yeah. year. And two, he's going to be uh, – I mean, you're in a great position to where you got Booker, Aiton, and which most likely like a top three pick. So, I mean, he's going to have talent to work with, whoever it is. And I don't know. I mean, uh, it's going to be like a d- pretty defining because the Suns are – at the point where you could either we're either just going to shoot straight up or like Booker's going to request a trade and we're going to flop and we're going to be that would be wild if that happened like in the next two years I don't think it will because it never does like that early new contract but yeah trading for a guy like like that with like four years left that would be wild yeah that would be I mean he'd command a lot of value but also, like probably the biggest trade like in terms of like getting something back that would probably be like the most anybody would get back unless yeah. he like completely like ruined his reputation or something which I don't think he's going to do. He doesn't seem like he doesn't seem stupid. Um, so yeah, uh, yeah, no, yeah, just a little Suns talk. But uh, obviously, we got the draft and free agency, which means the summer uh, is approaching quick. We still have some basketball to be played. I think we both think the Warriors. You still think the Warriors are gonna? Yeah, I still win do. the title. Yeah, I think the Warriors. I I agree with that too. But doesn't mean the games won't be interesting. Doesn't mean things can change. So. Uh, I'm just glad we got meaningful basketball every night. It's fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got anything else you want to touch on? Any, any, any notes or anything? Um, honestly, no. Uh, uh, the the war, Timberwolves hired a GM. During, they did. Yes, they already did. Oh, so uh, a Rockets assistant, yeah. uh, Jerson Rosas. I don't know. I I think he he's like he's always brought up whenever there's like an opening. So I guess good for them. Yeah, good. For, I mean, hopefully, I mean, they kind of need a culture change. So yeah, they need to trade Wiggins. Uh, they do need to trade Wiggins. That that is the first step. Uh, but no, I mean, a Rockets guy with you got uh, speaking to Sixers, Covington and Sarge, mm-hmm. putting up a bunch of threes with with Cat patrolling the middle. That could be interesting. Yeah. Uh, all right. So with that being said, uh, we're done here. But we'll be coming back with a pod probably sometime in the next week. Um. If not during the second, if not during the semifinal, uh, definitely when everything's all wrapped up, we'll have a uh, conference final preview. Um, But yeah, that's it. It's another edition of the SQ Sports Podcast. Thanks for listening. Peace.